we get a lot of queries from people saying, um, I'm going to be on my own. Does that matter? It's like actually, you know, 95% of the people there are on their own. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they can't find a friend who also wants to play netball. So they just, yeah. and I think getting over that fear of that they're going to stand out because they're not good enough mm -hmm. um, or everyone else is going to be amazing and I'm going to look silly mm -hmm. uh, or I'm not going to know anyone there and no one's going to talk to me. And so we put all of those barriers, really, or those fears to yeah. one side and just put your trainers on and try. Yeah. We live in challenging times, times in which we are less active than ever before, in which obesity rates are soaring and the medical system is struggling to cope. Here at Orphe Active, we are on a mission to get more people more active more often. But we can't do this alone, so we're speaking with numerous impactful and inspirational people within the sports, health and fitness industry and together, they'll help us understand the significance of a healthy lifestyle and how it can change our lives for the better. This is Orphe Hangouts. Okay, but let, let's, let's, let's talk a bit more about sort of how you got to this point, right? So I know you've been a sports development officer at a football club back in London. Yeah. Um, you worked as a physiotherapist as yes. well for about, what, like four years or something like yeah. that, wasn't it? Um, but nine years ago, you established a social netball league yes. called Play Simple Netball. Yeah. Why did you feel that nine years ago that was something that was really needed? Um, I think because the gap was definitely there then, and it's definitely, and I still believe that it's there now, yeah. um, the gap between... Uh, not elite, but I guess in sports development, you've got different levels. So you've got that recreational level mm -hmm. um, or sort of participation. And then you've, you've got more, you know, that step up to where you join a club yeah. um, and you take it a little bit more seriously and you train and you might um, run trials and be selected for a team. Um, and I think if you've grown up doing that, then that opportunity is still there for you. Yeah. But where we see a lot of girls in particular drop out um, mm -hmm. around sort of age 14 onwards um, and maybe sort of through university mm -hmm. and then once they finish their degree or you know if they're in working young professionals that are working that maybe want to get back into some sort of sport that gap is sort of so great that they find it hard to then step into that straight away um, so what we offer is that opportunity to play at the right level for for the person you know mm. if they haven't played um since they were 13 14 yeah and to go to a club is quite intimidating yeah so what we try and do is just make it as accessible as possible for as many people as possible yeah um and i think our leagues have grown over time and changed so we've got players that started playing with us a long time ago mm -hmm. their journey was to start as a beginner and they've either carried on playing socially and they're happy doing that or some of them have said actually I want to do a bit more yeah and they've joined clubs and they've gone on to play you know mm -hmm. in different leagues at a more competitive level yeah um we've got people who have joined when they were 14 or 15 okay. along with their mum yeah who's maybe sort of taken it up you know oh, late nice. in later yeah. years and some of them are now umpires and wow. yeah. you know playing at a representative level at county level something yeah. like that so I think it opens a it's sort of opening the doorway really of I don't know, it's making, making it accessible again for them to do with it whatever they want to. Yeah. You know, and however you far they want to go. Back to netball sessions, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we do. Um, so we run some back to netball sessions and we the ones we run in Manchester are in partnership with England Netball as mm. well. 
Um, and that's just a turn up and play session. So anyone who hasn't played for ages mm. can just go along. There's no commitment. You just sort of turn up on the night and, yeah. and pay and play. Yeah. Um, and then the ones that enjoy it and want to take it a bit further, they've got the opportunity to join teams yeah. from there. So is that something that came from like your personal experience? Um, how did you get into netball yourself? Um, I, I've always played netball, not at a very high level, um, but yeah. I've always, I played through school and I was on the school teams. And so I was it the school that kind of pushed you into netball? Yeah, or, I, yeah. I sort of played every sport going really right. at school. So I, I played hockey and um, netball. I think I played a bit of tennis, mm. um, but I really enjoyed netball. Um, I had a horse at the time, which okay. probably meant that she took up a lot of my time. So I didn't sort of play. I didn't go on to join a club or anything yeah. like that. Um, and then I went away to university um, and I played netball there. Mm-hmm. So, again, it was more socially um, because the gap was quite big already at right. that point. So um, the players that were in sort of the university teams all played at county level where mm-hmm. I, I hadn't done that. But there was opportunity there to play. Mm-hmm. So I played as part of my halls of residence and, you know, or for my department. Mm-hmm. Um and then when I left and I moved to London, there wasn't really anything there. And it, it was part of my job um, was to form a netball club, which was on the Isle of Dogs, um, just below Tower Hamlets yeah. and um, around Canary Wharf. Um, and the club that we'd sort of set up, we registered them in a league that was similar to this. So again, mm-hmm. it was set up by an Australian girl who'd come over, realised there was a gap there mm-hmm. um, and had then set these leagues up in London. Yeah. Um, and they're still going as far as I know. Yeah. Um, and then when I moved back to Manchester, it was a case of sort of seeing that opportunity there. Yeah. Um, and just deciding to run with it and see what happened. Yeah. No, so it does. So, you, you know, usually when you see something being established or founded or whatever, it does usually come from a personal experience. So you, you kind of went through that yourself. So, you know, yeah. you know a bit like how how to, I guess, recruit and what, what other people are feeling like at that stage, especially yeah. like after 14 and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so you said you played quite a few sports. Why, why did you feel like netball was the one you kind of wanted to focus on more? What were the kind of aspects of the sport that you really enjoyed? Uh, I don't know. I like being part of a team. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think it's got me through some really sort of tough times, if you like. So where your head's all over the place and mm. then you turn up to play but all you think about for the next hour is that game and you're concentrating and you, you're sort of part of the team and you're winning and you're losing and you know and then at the end of it it's just I don't know I, I definitely rely on netball for my mental health mm-hmm. as well so definitely feel better yeah. yeah so definitely feel better after yeah. I've done some exercise and I, I just find that I really enjoy playing netball and um I get a good feeling about it. I enjoy being part of a team. Mm. Made some great friends yeah. from it as well. So there's a real sort of core group of my netball friends. Yeah. Probably more so when I moved back to Manchester. So sort of early 30s mm. around there, you know, that age group um, where we'd go away for tournaments and go away for the weekend or, you yeah. know, all those different sort of experiences and memories that you make yeah. um, and friendships and things like that. So that's, it's given me quite a lot as a sport. Yeah, and what, what, what have you seen overall of what, what makes people join netball? Is it usually through school or is it through, I don't know, so media or, or anything like that? that what, what gets people into it more? Um, I think netball is, netball's profile has definitely risen um, over the, the last few years mm. um, since they won Commonwealth Gold. Yeah. Um, 
which was 2018, I think. And then 2019, it was the World Cup, which was hosted in Liverpool, yeah. which gave a lot of our players and a lot of um, local players the opportunity to go and watch like first, you know, international netball at yeah. that level um, and really open people's eyes to it. Yeah. Um, so I think the profile in the media has risen for female sport yeah. as well. Um, and then maybe it's made people think about, well, actually, could I do, you know, maybe mm. not playing at that level, but what can I do? Yeah. I used to love netball. How can I get back into yeah. it? Yeah, because it was interesting because I'm, I'm an immigrant in this country and I come from Lithuania where kind of basketball is the sport, mm. which is very, very close to netball, right? Yeah. Um, but what I found when I came to the UK that, well, personally, I didn't even know such a sport as netball exists was to that level yeah whereas here it was it was quite big yeah and i remember the first time i saw it i just didn't know what's going on because all, all the only reference i had was basketball um and i just found it found it very interesting and it, it looked very challenging because even though it's very similar to basketball the slight changes the fact you have to stop the fact that there's no backboard and stuff like that make it made it really tough in some angles um and I was just wondering, like, what do you feel needs to kind of happen so that netball has a bit more of a global presence, similar to, say, something like basketball? Because as a sport, I don't think it's any worse than basketball, but it doesn't feel like it has that kind of global presence. No, I don't think it does. Um, but I think that's because there's still a relatively small number of countries that play it. Mm. So it tends to be the Commonwealth countries. Yeah. Um, so if you... There is a presence... Over in the United States, for example, mm -hmm. they do ha they do play netball over there, but it's not you know it's competing with these huge other sports, yeah. um, and I think it, a lot of the uh, first class sort of elite funding is linked to the Olympics, mm -hmm. um, and it's not an Olympic sport, um, and I think they won't get as much money as some of the other sports because of that. Yeah. Although they do compete on the world stage, England. Um, so I don't know. I think more countries need to play it. Mm -hmm. um, it needs to grow outside of that traditional sort of Commonwealth countries. Yeah. Um, the difference at the World Cup between the top six teams and the bottom teams. So there were maybe sort of 16 teams there, I think. Mm -hmm. The ones that are in 13th, 14th, 15th place. There's a huge difference between, yeah. you know, they, they couldn't compete. They were nowhere near competing with the, the top teams. Yeah. So I think there's a way to go even in developing those countries and sort yeah. of helping them grow um, so that they compete on this the same This comes back to this in-between as well, isn't it? It's really understanding, oh, I'm actually going to go pro or am I just, you know, keeping this as a hobby? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, it can be intimidating going from, oh, I'm just playing to... Right, probably going to be a professional now. Yeah, and I guess in, in the top countries, so the, when I say the top countries, I'm not sure about um, domestic competition in Jamaica or South Africa, for mm -hmm. example, but Australia, New Zealand, England to some extent, yeah. they're not professional in England, but they are in Australia and yeah. New Zealand. Um, and the top players for some of the other countries are offered contracts to go and play over there and that's kind of what's dragged them up. Mm -hmm. So because they're competing, you know, week in, week out with the yeah. best players. Um, and that's improved the standard of the England team, mm. without a doubt. To some debate in Australia, yeah. for example, when they won the Commonwealth gold. Yeah. You know, it's like we've helped them do that because yeah. we let them come and play in our country and, <laughs> and play and compete and learn from us. Yeah. And, 
Um, you know, and, and it's right, they yeah. had to some extent, although they put changes in, in the background, mm. you know, in England. Um, those players improved because they yeah. were offered. Well, that I think at this point, it does need to be a very much collaborative effort into developing any country that is interested in, in it uh, to a level where other countries will look at it as a precedent and go, do you know what? There's a lot of opportunity there. Mm. We should really push our funding, our attention, our media towards it. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a great thing that sort of, you know, there's a bit of a mix mix and match and kind of helping each other out yeah. in that way. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they'd see it, but yeah, I know <laughs> what you mean. <laughs> One thing I did notice, and I wonder whether that has anything to do with what we're just talking about right now, um, is the fact that I've seen that there's um, mixed leagues I've seen that there's even like all male tournaments, but predominantly netball is seen as a female only sport. Mm. Um, now, in today's kind of situation, I guess, um, we see a lot of kind of females going into sports that are, I guess, a bit more dominated by males historically, yeah. but really kind of proving themselves and really sort of getting the funding and attention that they deserve. Uh, but at the same token, I don't really see that in netball. I don't see actually men trying to get into it a bit more and establish themselves there. What, what do you reckon is, is the reason for that? Why is netball not attracting more male players? Um, I think it is predominantly seen as a, a female sport. Mm. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'd like to think it's not the case, but potentially men who want to play netball are mm. opening themselves up to a bit of ridicule from their friends yeah. and things like that because it is seen as traditionally a female sport mm. um, and it's people who haven't played it who don't know how competitive it can be and how fast-paced and yeah. you know, that sort of thing that would say those things or sort of yeah. tease someone about it. Um, but I do think it's probably that... Um, that oh, I don't know, it was that legacy of it being mm. a, a female because sport. Because to be fair, again speaking from personal experience, I really kind of wanted to try it out. Mm. I wanted to see as somebody that plays basketball, what is like, how does the difference feel, yeah. right? And stuff like that. But in all honesty, I did find it challenging to to even try it out just because, yeah, it's, it's, it's all dominated by female. So yeah. I think somebody has to start. I think somebody needs to kind of get over that. I think we're not as, as judgmental, I guess, as, as we used to be. Yeah. Um, towards that so I hope that's going to change because when you look at the sport itself I mean you, you're, you're best to tell me like what what do you think are like the key benefits of the sport like what is what are the skills I that are developed while playing netball um definitely hand-eye coordination with, yeah. with your passing um spatial awareness mm. movement uh tactical awareness mm. as well um so it can be quite a tactical game yeah um when I see our beginners playing um, there's very simple things that they can do. Mm -hmm. Actually, there was a game last night that I umpired and they just moved about twice as much as they need to you right. know, because they don't really understand what their role is on court mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just a great, great game. It can be yeah. sort of very competitive, very close, um, high scoring mm -hmm. as well. can be quite exciting. Yeah. And it's very team, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Even, even in something like, I'll, I'll use basketball as a reference because I feel like there's a, quite a lot of yeah. similarities. Um, they can be the best player and basically take over the game. Whereas in netball, I feel like unless you're playing as a team, there's no way you can win. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can you can have standout players that help you win that mm. game, um, but the way that each position is restricted yeah. down the court, you can't have a player that goes absolutely yeah. everywhere. So there isn't the absolute all-rounder, I guess. Yeah. Um, everyone has their strengths and weaknesses, and that's part of yeah. being a team. And I think that's one of the kind of biggest things that I basically took away from netball, is that basically that is forcing you to be a great teammate, yeah. which then you know, as a consequence, will develop those type of skills in whatever, you know, in life you go with yeah. this work, with your relationships, whatever it may be. I think that really contributes in a positive way. Yeah, um, I'm interested, going, coming back to the actual league, um, not many people run leagues, right? But there are a lot of people that maybe are thinking about it uh, or want to. So I want to kind of pick your brains a bit as to what goes into it. So. Let's start off with how does your, as somebody that runs and, and is the creator of a league, what does your day look like? What, what does it entail? And I imagine there's a lot of multitasking and stuff. Like yeah, that. there is quite a lot of multitasking. <laughs> um, I guess I'm trying to think what we did this morning as a team. So there's myself and then um, two, team, two league managers as well. Yeah. Um, and then we also have someone that helps us with the new teams. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's... Um, we always start the day looking at the umpire rotor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we have a, a number of umpires that work for us or work with us. Um, and then it's making sure that everyone knows where they're meant to be. Mm -hmm. um, they all do it as a secondary job. So sometimes life gets in the way or work yeah. and things like that. So there might be changes to that and then trying to get that covered. Um, and then it's just dealing with um, sort of queries that come up from the teams. Mm -hmm. So we might have a league that's coming to an end and we asking the teams if they want to sign up again mm -hmm. so some, a lot of our leagues are quite short so it's not kind of september through to april so we keep it quite short they might only have eight matches in a league for example um because teams sometimes want to dip in and out and it's not a huge commitment that mm. would put them off um so we might be confirming with teams and um, whether they want to you know re we can rejoin that league um doing some fixtures mm -hmm. uh and then we have match night coordinators as well, so we need to make sure that they've got everything that they need. So when those fixtures are done, we have to send all the paperwork out. Yeah. They go live on the website, um, make sure everyone knows what's going on, mm -hmm. uh, raising our invoices, making yeah. sure we've got some money coming in, um, and then liaising with the venues as well. Uh, we use yeah. a lot of schools. Okay. So this time of year they have exams. Yeah. Um, so it's it's maybe making some changes and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's probably the day-to-day. -day. So a lot of management stuff. Yeah. yeah. So what does excite you the most when you go to it, like about your job in general, like each single day, would you feel like is the thing that's like, I love this job? Um, I think <laughs> it's getting the positive feedback. So people that have maybe just joined and, you know, the feedback is that they're loving it and mm -hmm. that they're you know, so, so happy that they've done this and they've take, taken that decision to join, yeah. how much they're enjoying it. Um, I guess it, it's putting those new teams together as well, I think, mm -hmm. for us. So we take teams, which are people that know each other. They might be yeah. work teams, friends. Um, but we also take individual players and put them mm -hmm. into teams. And that's definitely helped us to sort of grow It's quite leagues. a creative process, that. Yeah, it? it is. It's like herding cats sometimes <laughs> because people just change their mind or, you know, again, things happen. Um, and trying to make sure that everyone knows exactly what they're getting into mm. and that they're happy with that. Um but yeah, I'd say probably about 
70% of our team started that way. Okay. And we've got some teams that, you know, nine, ten years on, they're still together. Yeah. Um, or the core of them is still together. And what, 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 what do you feel are the key factors for them staying together for so long? Um, commitment. So players that are committed to playing most weeks or, you yeah. know, as much as they can. Um, and having someone that will help organise them. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few natural organisers in a team goes a long way as well. Yeah. Um, because it can be quite difficult to sort of manage. You know, someone has to do it. So yeah. it can be quite difficult um, to manage a difficult group of people or mm-hmm. an unreliable or uncommitted group of people. Yeah. So I think if they didn't have that commitment and that love for the game, then yeah. I'm not sure they'd continue that I think long. that's a key thing you just said. is that I think unless you really, truly love the game, the commitment part is really hard because yeah. life happens yes. a lot of times. Yeah. And then it's like, how do you prioritize those things? Yeah. And where do you put netball as a sport and then your team in there? And sometimes that changes as well. So we have some people who, you know, they might have family mm-hmm. and they just can't commit at that time, but the door's always open and they may come back. Mm. You know, so they might have a year off, two years off, and then yeah. come back to us. Um, but I think that having that flexibility really helps. So again, you know, keeping the leagues fairly short yeah. Um, does help as well. Yeah. Um, so what have you learned in those nine years that you wish you knew when you started? Oh gosh. <laughs> if you um, had to pick just a few. I don't know. I think this it's probably it's probably more the business skills, mm-hmm. I'd say. Um so the actual as the leagues have grown, we've had to add certain layers to things. Mm-hmm. Um to make it more efficient to allow us to sort of manage that number of teams and um, because we we have got quite a lot of teams so um i think learning as you go along um hopefully not making the same mistakes again mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know that we do things that differently to how we did them at the beginning yeah but i, well, I definitely what would learned... be those mistakes then that you wish kind of like you could have could have avoided um I don't know. It's probably again. It's probably more the um, growing it as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so you looked at it not as a business when you started off. No, you looked definitely at it as, not. No, as a passion, I guess. Yeah, more. yeah. It was definitely yeah. a hobby. Yeah. Um, so it what, was something what, that what I was wanted the expectation to do first when you started. I didn't really have any expectation. <laughs> I just sort of, I yeah. just tried it, and um, you know, just it was just. I guess when I when I came back to Manchester and I, I was a student again, I had a lot more free time mm-hmm. than when you're working full time. So. Um, it was something to sort of fill that time and yeah. something that I was quite passionate about and I wanted to do and, I, and mm. the opportunity was there. Um, so I didn't really have any expectation that it was going to turn into a business that would yeah. offer me a full-time right. role. So you started this part-time yeah. and then at some point it turned into full-time. Yeah. How, how did you make that decision? What were the key facts? Because imagine that's quite a big step. Yeah. to take it from a hobby to, do you know what, I think this is like the thing that yeah. I want to focus on fully. I think I probably thought about it for about 12 months before I did it and then went backwards and forwards and right. can, can I do this, can I not, you know, what are the risks and um, and it just, I, as a physio, I had a qualification and skills that I can always go back to mm-hmm. and it was a feeling of, you know, this can't wait. It was kind of bursting at the seams yeah. and I was really struggling to manage work and not really doing either job yeah. to the best of my ability and just got to the point where I thought I can't carry on like this you know I have mm-hmm. to make a decision and um, it was yeah just kind of took the leap really yeah. uh, but 
I, I worked with the MMU's Centre for Enterprise mm-hmm. and I did a course um, that they put on, which was sort of funded through European funding yeah. um, called LEAD. Uh, and there was a group of maybe sort of 15 to 20 of us who were all sort of business owners or working mm-hmm. at a high level within a business. Um, and it was all around growth and leadership. And that was a bit of a turning point for me because it was the first time that I'd had that support from other people who were in a similar position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be quite lonely when you're trying to make those decisions yeah. um, and wondering if you're doing the right thing. And um, I still have a support network now, not mm. necessarily from that, but from you yeah. know from other people. Um, and I think that's really important as a business owner okay. that you've got that to fall back on and a sounding board, really. Yeah. Um, for what decision should I make? Where yeah. should we you know what are we going to do next? Um, and I guess and, it creates a bit of accountability as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I meet up with a group once every other month um, in Leeds, and they all have businesses that are sort of sports based. Right. Um, and that's sort of a facilitated group. Uh, but I'm very much accountable to them. Yeah. So when I go each time, I have to, you know, I have KPIs yeah. that are set, that, all right, I set them, but yeah. I still need to achieve them. And if I don't, I have to explain why not. Yeah, I guess it's quite a common theme when you, you see people starting something which is completely just, that's my passion, that's what I like to do. I want to yeah. do it a bit more, right? I want to take it to the next level. Um, and when you realize all the nitty gritty that, that comes w- with it, yeah. especially that you, you, you grow a team, now you need to pay salaries and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the thing when it becomes a bit scary as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, because, oh, now it's real. Oh, there's other people depending yeah. and stuff. I, mean, like I guess it's even, you know, we have quiet time. So we're coming up to a quieter time in April mm-hmm. where a lot of our leagues finish. A lot of the schools start their exam period. Mm-hmm. So we usually go outside and there's like a big sort of shake up of where teams are playing. Um, August is usually quieter because people are away and they sort of take a step back then and they don't play. Yeah. And then Christmas again we sort of closed down for two weeks um, so we've got what I've come to learn you know what I've learned over time is that those are the three periods or the three months that are quiet mm-hmm. um, but it also means that there's not as much income coming in so yeah. I still Seems need to be able planning. to you know it's like little things like planning for that mm-hmm. um, yeah so somebody's listening to this right now thinking about starting a league whether it's netball or any other sport um, so what would be that one piece of advice that we could tell them to make that maybe decision easier? Um, I don't know. I'd say, I think, I guess what I've learned um, with our leagues is that it needs to be in the right place. So you can mm. have the most amazing venue with great facilities, but if people can't get there, um, then it won't work. Right. So I'd say really think about the venue mm-hmm. and whether it's accessible for people and um whether it's the right venue um, and then it's just getting word out there mm-hmm. and don't give up either you know you have to keep keep at it it takes time um, try a few things we've got a tournament tomorrow evening mm-hmm. we're starting a new beginners league in okay. Didsbury so the tournament is to get the teams together beforehand give them a bit of match practice yeah. um, so little things like that just to get something started yeah. get some activity started and it gives you a benchmark for is there enough interest there to actually do it? Yeah. Yeah. So think a bit more wider yeah. rather than just, I like this sport and I want to just do it. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, passion, passion for a sport goes a long way. Yeah. And having that interest um, goes a long way. So talking about that, I'm curious as well to ask. Um, I've, I've heard a lot of people say not 
turning their passions into the business because they they're afraid to lose that passion because let's face it running a business entails a lot of different things you might not enjoy as much um did you feel like um it became maybe a bit tedious and you were losing the love for netball a bit or did that not change did you have to manage that somehow um i don't know i still enjoy i get i do less of the hands-on stuff Mm-hmm. Um, so my two league managers quite often work in the evening and we'll do the running around because we use lots of different venues yeah. um, so they quite often do more of the hands-on um, but then if I don't do it for a while and then when I go back into it I realise how much actually you know that's right. that's the fun bit you know actually going out in the evening and meeting people and yeah. watching them play or umpiring and, and mm. you know being there to sort of chat to people and mm. that sort of thing for me, that's kind of the fun yeah. bit. So I, I don't ever want to not do any of that. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that I yeah. want to do and it five nights a week. It's just, I guess, re- remembering why you started in the yeah. first place. Yeah. It? Yeah. Because it always comes from the passion. Yeah. yeah. You, you do sort of, you do take a step back as, as it gets bigger. You need to apply those business skills and a bit more of a business head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, um, well, that's nice to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like actually, is it going to pay the bills? Is it, is it creating enough? revenue there to actually pay that person to Mm. do that job Um, and I guess we've made some difficult decisions about not continuing with the league or Mm. you know those type of things what are we going to do with those teams if we've only got a small number and and things like that so so for someone that wants to get into netball right uh, what would you say they should be aware of the most if even like if they've never played netball before so I'd say I see a session that you just posted for beginners and stuff like that. I want to make a decision. Um, what What are the things that would be useful for me to know before before I start? Um, I guess do a bit of research and find out when and where it is. Um, mm. I would start with if you if you know if you think you want to try it first of all, then go to a session that's not you know no commitment. So you just go and pay and play, um, and not to be. I think we we get a lot of queries from people saying um I'm going to be on my own does that matter it's like actually you know 95% of the people there are on their own mm-hmm. um you know they can't find a friend who also wants to play netball so they just yeah you know, and I think getting over that fear of that they're going to stand out because they're not good enough mm-hmm. um or everyone else is going to be amazing and I'm going to look silly mm-hmm. uh, or I'm not going to know anyone there and no one's going to talk to me and so we put all of those barriers, really, or those fears to yeah. one side and just put your trainers on and try. Yeah. And as an immigrant, you can definitely relate to that. Um, when you come into a country, don't know anybody. Um, a sport, a team sport is a, is a brilliant thing yeah. because, let's face it, a lot of team sports have a brilliant community. Um, and they want new people. They, they want yeah. to see the sport grow and stuff yeah. like that. So usually you are really well accepted and people will kind of take care of you and make sure that you have fun. And then obviously having the, the social aspect of it, it definitely helps as well. I think if we know that a player has um, come to us because they want to try something, but also they're new to Manchester or mm. new to the area and they just want to meet people, then we usually make a point of letting everyone else know that as well <laughs> yeah. in their team. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know, I'm going out on Friday. Why don't you come with me? You yeah. know, um, or they'll organize a get-together themselves mm. and that's part of it as well it's sort of widening your social circle yeah. um, and making people feel welcome Absolutely. as well so 
netball as a sport, where do you see it going next? And where do you want it to go next? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right person to, to answer that um, because I'm not involved enough in the elite side of the game. Right. I'd like to see our Netball Super League become professional for those players yeah. to be professional and not be holding down jobs as well as you know trying to play and train at that level. Um, so I'd like to see more, more funding, more sponsorship for the elite game um, to allow them to make it a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and I guess for us it's just making sure that anyone that wants to play does get the opportunity to play. Mm -hmm. um, so there's various different ways of getting into netball. You can do walking netball, back mm. to netball, you can play in, a, in our leagues or in the social league, you know, you can yeah. play for a club, um, all the way through to sort of county level and then super league and then national yeah. level. So I guess making sure that each level that's right for that person is yeah. available to them yeah. um, and to make sure that it's not just pockets as well. Yeah. That it's wherever you are, you've got those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because I'm not sure that's the case at the moment. Yeah. So what does the future hold for Play Simple Netball then? Um, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we were talking beforehand, I quite like to, I, I would like to grow our franchise side of the business. Yeah. Um, to be able to replicate what we've done in Manchester in different areas of the country. Mm -hmm. um, I do feel like the people who are best placed to do that are the people that are based in those areas um, that are part of, maybe already part of the netball community in that yeah. area, maybe not, um, but that know that area and know what people want and need. Um, and I believe that the people who live in that area would be best served by those people who have the same passion and interest in netball and that yeah. would like to grow their own business as well. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to grow the franchise side and then, again, just being able to offer um, anyone that's within the Northwest, really, which is where our, mm -hmm. the majority of our leagues are based, that opportunity to come and play um, yeah. and to make sure that we've got the right league and the right level yeah. for them. Well, I hope we reach a point where it goes way beyond Northwest. Um, it is it is very inspiring to see what you're doing. I'm really happy you took the leap nine years ago um, to do this. Um, you know, we, we we spoke before. I can definitely see the true passion in what you're doing. Mm. Um, I think there's you know there needs to be more people like yourself trying to get people active, really raising awareness of the sport. Yeah. Um, so I'm really happy there are people like you that do this. Um, so I just wanted to congratulate you on your, all your success and um, just, yeah, give you as much luck and, and, and positivity as I can to go a lot more than that. Um, final question, where can people best connect you with you, find out more about Play Simple Netball? Yeah, probably um, via the website, mm -hmm. which is simplenetball.co.uk. Yeah. Uh, we are on Instagram as well and on Facebook, um, but all the details are on the website. Yeah, we'll so link probably, it up, yeah. everything. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you okay. for taking the time cool. to chat with me. No problem. Thank Cheers. you. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you like, share and subscribe to our channel and let us know in the comments what you liked or didn't like and who our next guest should be. For more content like this, make sure you follow all of our social media channels and don't forget to download the Orphe Active app to find a variety of sporting and fitness activities near you to easily find and join. We'll see you at the next Orphe Hangout.